from the team at CTS, this is the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast, our show dedicated to answering your training questions and providing actionable advice to help you improve your performance, even if you're strapped for time. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I'm one of the over 50 professional coaches who make up the team at CTS. In each episode, I draw on our team's collective knowledge, other coaches, and experts in the field to provide you with the practical ways to get the most out of your training and ultimately become the best cyclist that you can be. Now, on to our show. Welcome to the Time Crunched Cyclist Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford. As promised in the last message that we trickled out to you, We've rebranded the Train Ray podcast to the Time Crunched Cyclist podcast based on feedback from our listeners. We think that the shorter format topics and content will hit the needs of our listeners even better than before. But of course, we'd like to hear if we're indeed doing that. So go ahead and, and rate, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, share it with your friends, or drop us an email at athleteservices at trainride.com. And that's really to help us help you. Now, uh, business aside, today we are going to tackle a timely subject, base training. You've probably been enamored with all the other podcasts that you're listening to, as well as articles that you're reading. It's January. It's the new year. It's base training time, right? Well, We'll take a few different angles on it today and uh, give you some kind of like new content, make it pretty applicable. So... In particular, we're actually going to answer the question, should a time-crunched athlete do base training? The short answer is yes. Yes, they should, and yes, you should. The long answer, do you really want to get into it? Well, of course you do. That's why you're here. Uh, but first, let's quickly talk about who and what a time-crunched cyclist or a time-crunched athlete is. Time crunched athletes, we're talking about cyclists and endurance athletes that are typically training six to eight hours a week on average, sometimes more, sometimes less, but you know, they, they, they're not time rich. They don't have the, uh, you know, 15 hours of training on average. Okay. They may, they may do a long ride once in a while, but in general, uh, we're really looking on the best return on our time to get the biggest bang for the buck in training possible. Okay. And you also don't have the luxury of recovery time. Okay. A time crunched athlete is, is typically, uh, rushing from thing to thing from training session to work. And, you know, they have obligations with, uh, family deadlines, life, all kind of like cropping up to, um, just kind of, making their 60 to 90 minute sessions, the meat and potatoes of what they're doing. Okay. So does that sound familiar? Yeah, I, me too. So let's learn how we can do our base training, how we can do our training and do our performance training even better. Let's get right into it. Now, even a time crunched athlete, like I said, th th we should do base training. Okay. But Why? Why should we do base if we're so limited on time and how do we incorporate it? Okay. So we're, we're going to talk about the why we're going to talk about the, the how first let's go to the why it all starts with why, in my opinion, 
aerobic training in base training benefits any endurance athlete. Okay, so let's let's first recall what base training is. Typically, we refer to it as aerobic training, but in particular, uh, zone two training. I mean, zone two is very synonymous um, uh, as a in methodology or as a term out there in, in just endurance training, and that's based on like a uh, five zone model, um, five to seven zone model, depending on what you're working with there. And when we refer to zone two, we're really talking about 60 to 75% of functional threshold power or 60 to 80% of lactate threshold power in some methods or 68 to 83% of threshold heart rate. Okay. Now, if you're like cross-eyed thinking about those percentages, haven't really looked at that. Let's talk about rate of perceived effort. Most methods will talk about um, a rate of perceived effort, one being almost nothing, okay? So just the easiest effort possible, and then 10 being maximum effort possible. So as hard as you can go for whatever duration, that's a 10 out of 10. For zone two, typically people are referring to, or we coaches, we in the endurance community refer to it as a effort of three to four, three to five. Personally, I say three to five, and I think that's really important because, and, and again, this is my personal view, that zone two or endurance range is a very broad range, okay? The number one up to number 10 for rate of perceived effort is not linear. So when we go beyond zone two into zone three, zone four, zone five, it's actually an exponential rate of fatigue that occurs, and it should be more specific to the number as we increase in zone and as we increase in intensity. So coming back to zone two, we kind of have a little, you know, we have variance, we have a broad range and and even like a very medium five um, is very appropriate. So rate of perceived effort, three to five, keep it really simple like that. If you're using power, again, I, I gave that percentages of your FTP, same thing with lactate threshold. If you go into a lab and then you got your heart rate as well. But overall, we're talking about efforts where you can talk while you're doing this training, get a little sweaty if you're inside. Um, but overall, you know, you, you're not, um, your ventilatory uh, aspects is not wild and crazy, right? You're not breathing all over the place. You should be able to talk if you're riding next to somebody. So zone two helps with, you know, the, the time rich athlete, because they can do a bunch of it. But for the time crunched athlete, it still is the general aerobic pathway that helps to build fitness and build um, very important mechanisms in the body. Okay. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. It also helps to build good habits and fitness. So not every session should be hard, even if you are time crunched. Okay. We, we wrote the book on time crunched cyclists. Okay. Where we promote here at CTS, we, we do promote, um, hit training, high intensity aspects of training. Once we're working at, you know, going somewhere in and, um, developing performance. Okay. That that's very well known. Read the book. However, even when you're doing a high intensity training period, not every session is going to be hard. And that's where some of this, uh, zone two can apply to just to offset some of that harder, intense training. Okay. But as, as it applies to our base period, um, it's also 
important to do from just a building aerobic capacity so that you can handle more load down the road. Okay. Now from a habit building standpoint, it can also get you in like if you're if you're out of uh, good training habits from holidays and and um in the kind of the turn of the year you know maybe you're riding four or five days per week and now it's only three or two or something like this zone two doesn't require a ton of mental fortitude and doesn't require a ton of physical effort again we, we talked about the intensity of it all you need to do is get on that bike and pedal so oftentimes when, when somebody's a little bit out of habit, just let's go zone two every day. Let's go four or five days in a row, take a day or two off and then back at it. And so I use zone two for time crunched athletes, 45, 60 minute rides just to build good habits again so that we can then build fitness up. Okay. And when it pertains to fitness, I've talked all about how, how we CTS coaches, how uh, myself monitors that. And that's in CTL. Third point pertains to some of the CTL because you can build long-term aerobic base that is very separate from a chronic training load or CTL. Okay. If you want to go back into some of the train right podcast episodes and, and you'll get more about what CTL is, but it's a marker of fitness based on current, um, physiology or current time periods in an athlete's journey. And it is one of the best markers of fitness, but it's not perfect. And it doesn't tell the story of the long term. Okay. At some point, all of us time, you know, time crunch or time rich athletes will we'll plateau in our CTL because there's just so much training that you can do up to a point where you need to sleep, you need to recover. So Based on the time that you have, and say if you're starting from ground zero, you can simply ride zone two up to where uh, your CTL will plateau, and then you can start to add in intensity and build up from there. And that's a very like simple way to do it. Okay, well, I'll talk about some examples of that here in just a second. But once you do plateau, it's it's not like, and if you keep on like riding even zone two, it's it's, it's not that the gains stop there. They'll probably slow a little bit, but there's a longer term, there's a longer arc of endurance development that occurs year after year after year, and you can still get that done through consistency of training. Okay, I'll talk about how to incorporate some of the long ride stuff because that will really accelerate and boost. Um, some of the aerobic benefit that we're talking about here. Um, and, and still don't hear me wrong. Like I'm not saying that one hour rides will make an Olympic champion. It's not okay. But what I'm saying is don't get caught up in all the data and all the, um, language out there of like trying to gamify some of these metrics, because if you are consistent day to day, week to week, year to year, build, 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 there's some very good physiological chronic adaptations that does happen in the body to build fitness. And meanwhile, when you're burning calories and sweating, you're a very healthy individual. So don't, don't overlook or don't get paralyzed by some of these metrics that may not be moving. If you are doing lower volume zone two training, there's still a lot of benefit that's going on there. Okay. So those are the reasons why a time crunched athlete should be doing base training. Now let's look at how we do this. Okay. 
as I mentioned, if you're for, if you're starting on low fitness or if you're out of habit from training in the previous year, just simply start by riding more frequently or increasing sessions at zone two endurance. If you add more sessions in, you'll get, you'll increase your training stress per week and you'll add more volume simply by adding that session. Okay. As I said, do this until you may see that CTL plateau that could plateau around, you know, 35 or 40, 45, something like this. And then you're ready to add in more intensity. That more intensity uh, could be zone three. And that's my second point here. If you start at moderate fitness, okay, let's say that, you know, you, you did a little bit of detraining that I talked about in a previous episode uh, over the holidays and you're fresh, you're ready to go, but your CTL didn't dip too much or it, it, it dipped some, but it's not like drastically low and you're still pretty fit. You kept on riding. You can incorporate some zone three training in. Zone three is tempo or perceived effort of six, maybe seven out of 10. It's still a little bit of a broad range there, but it's sub threshold. And you can add that in by doing it two times per week. Here's an example. Tuesdays and Thursdays start with a three by eight minute tempo, three by eight or 10 minute tempo at zone three with three to four minute recovery between. Okay. Let's just say you start with three by eight on Tuesday, three by eight on Thursday, and then you slot in a zone two endurance ride on Wednesday. Monday, Friday are your off days. Saturday is a good whatever long ride that you can do, whether it's 60, 90 minutes, two hours, something like that, have that be like your longest ride of the week. And then Sunday can just be another 60, 90 minute zone two ride over the next three to four weeks, build up to about 40 minutes of total time in zone per session at tempo zone three, or as much as you can tolerate in your session. Okay. I'll say that kind of again, you want to build up to as much tempo per session as you can during this tempo build phase. And and that's really valuable to do. You want to do it over that three to four week time period. And again, just put it in on Tuesday and Thursday, give yourself that zone two on Wednesday, and that will help you recover or kind of shake off, reduce the training stress built up on Tuesday before that Thursday session. And I do think that even for a moderate fit athlete, if you're doing this twice a week with zone two on, on the other days or even recovery miles, which is zone one, uh, you'll find a lot of success because it's moving the needle forward with higher intensity from that zone three, but it's, it's still sub threshold. It's not causing so much fatigue that you won't be able to, uh, to do that. And in my opinion, in my experience, based on physiological literature, this zone three and what we call more like a pyramidal modality approach in training by going up to this kind of zone three, this will help in the progression of aerobic development, even within this base period without ruining anything. Okay. You're not ruining stuff by going over zone two in base, even though all there's a lot of literature and a lot of individuals out there that will make you think that please don't think that it's, it's not, it's not that straightforward. It's not that simple. Okay. Um, and that should, and that should comfort you as well, because if all you do is ride zone two for 68 hours a week, and that's all you do like forever, like, as I said before, you're going to plateau, you'll stagnate, 
you're still burning calories. You're still being a healthy individual, but you're not going to move the performance needle forward. So that's why I'm encouraging you within this kind of, um, this base period to add in intensity on zone three to help that go forward. Now I'll come at it in a different angle here as well with something else that you can add in during a base period and kind of goes in line with intensity, but it's on the other end of the scale. Uh, you can add in short, hard anaerobic intervals. If this is a weakness or a limiter of yours, uh, relative to your goal event. So for example, let's say you got into the unbound and you're doing the hundred mile gravel event and you're in your base period, your, your time crunch maybe, but then you can kind of squeak out some long rides because you know, you got to ride hundred miles come June. Well, if the start of these gravel races just like bury you because you're trying to get on wheels and you have these like really hard surges and that always hurts you. But then you're, you're the person that keeps on passing all the other people like at mile 50 and beyond. One thing that I would encourage you to do in your base period is work on developing some anaerobic capacity. The reason for it is if, if you're that type of person and that, what that description, uh, that I just described, um, resonates with you. If you do some of this really hard training early on, it's a, it, it, it's going to help you down the road. It's going to help you in other events as you go throughout the season, but it's not going to hurt you too much during your base period. Okay. Now this is, this is a little different, kind of a little different approach. And if you listen to the coop cast where he talks about periodization for his ultra running, um, athletes very in line with more of the ultra community where doing strength training, doing some really short, hard anaerobic stuff early on, um, is a good time period because volume is low. We're building, there's not a ton of fatigue and we can get a lot of gain without a lot of risk relative to, uh, events and all this kind of stuff for the more ultra endurance cyclist or athlete. Once we start doing it a, a lot more volume training, which is more specific to that sort of event, you won't be able to do this anaerobic training at all, really because of the fatigue cost associated with it. That's why I've started to incorporate intensity like this into the base period to get a strong kind of build that before we need it. It's not to say that the sprint is going to help you win the unbound. Okay. It might, if you're like Yuri Hoswell back in 2015, but, um, the, the, the sprint is not important for the performance. It's important for the durability that needs to occur, uh, throughout an event like that. And if you have a more fatigue resistant engine about you by doing some anaerobic effort, the first part of those gravel races won't hurt as bad and you'll be able to perform better. So, uh, how do we do that? What, what's a good example? Well, I really just encourage you one day a week to do this, go back to our Tuesday, Thursday sort of uh, rhythm or modality Tuesday, do six by 20 seconds of anaerobic capacity intervals, what we call power intervals with about five minute recovery in between go a little bit longer if you need it. And you want to incorporate that into a 60 minute session. Okay. So warm up and start in on these, uh, six by 20 seconds. And these are, these are 10, a 10 out of 10, maybe, a, you know, let's say nine to 10. If you're like a little scared or hesitant or never done these before, um, go really hard. I wouldn't even worry about the power. I'd focus on the effort. 
do a 10 out of 10. Then you've got five minutes or more to recover if you need, and that recovery should be zone one, and then just kind of like build back up into zone two. Okay, six by 20 seconds, and then finish your your session out with zone two endurance. Okay, so that's your Tuesday session. That Thursday session, you know, if we're incorporating some of the zone three, you can do that. Um, I don't think you need another session like this during a base period. There's sometimes, uh, if, if I have an athlete where this is a limiter or you know, their recovery period is very good, sure, I, I could do, you know, two sessions per week of this. But if you're incorporating some zone three in addition to some volume, uh, one session of this anaerobic capacity development is very fine. So Tuesday, anaerobic capacity. Wednesday, zone two. Thursday, you can do zone three or zone two and onward with a long ride on the weekend. Monday, Wednesday, or and uh, Monday, Friday, take rest days. Now, the third, third little hack, third little component here is incorporating a training camp in. All right. So sneaky coach always, always weaves in a long ride, right? Always, uh, always sells that long ride uh, capacity building. But training camps, what they are, they're a concentrated dose of high volume, mixed intensity training with a focus on volume and recovery. For a time crunch cyclist, this can be a period of three to five days, usually three days, like a long weekend, where you get away from home or you can have a staycation, but basically you're putting work, life, family to the side. So you can just do a concentrated dose of riding, do more than you normally do. What's more? Well, like I said, whatever you normally do, just do more. Uh, typically, three to six hours per session. Um, that would be that's a good kind of uh, duration of a ride for a camp. Okay, and then lots of recovery afterwards. Think of like uh, just you know laying on the couch, being lazy, watching the TV, this kind of thing. Uh, the more you train, the more you do, the more recovery you'll need. Okay, but you'll find that if you can if you can plan blocks like this training camps, you know, once a year, twice a year, maybe three times a year. But, uh, if you can incorporate those in, especially four to six weeks out from a main event of the season, you'll have a bigger aerobic engine or bigger capacity to handle that event or to handle more training for what is to come. So again, incorporate training camps in for 2023. I'll have some more episodes about how to do that, why it's important, but it is a very, very good way for a time crunched athlete to, um, do their base training and increase fitness early in the season. Okay. So in summary, think of base training as anything that really contributes to your fitness and performance for goal events. It's non-specific, generally aerobic training, but it can have some strength and anaerobic components to it. Like I mentioned, um, in detail above, and especially if the later elements like the anaerobic capacity, if they're limiters or if they're not the main thing that's needed for the goal events, when you're starting the year, you want to establish good habits by simply riding zone two endurance each day, building CTL CTL up to where it does plateau at that point then you start to incorporate intensity. Start incorporating in that zone 
or that tempo zone three or high aerobic intervals, along with cadence work, some fast pedals, muscle tensions, all that kind of stuff you can find on trainright.com. And you can work on leg speed, muscular endurance, and you, you can incorporate and kind of make those training sessions go by a little bit more quickly with still some very focused work. Finally, you want to incorporate in a training camp on key weekends when you have less of life going on and you can put the bike more to the front burner. You'll find that if you just spend some, um, spend some weekends riding more, that will give you a nice, uh, boost of fitness for later on in the year, whether that's just more training or it's a big event that you've caught in the docket that you're training for. So, you know, just to make it very, very simple, uh, yeah, you know, everybody needs to do base training. And I think when you, when you view base training as anything that is generally building you to be a better athlete, that's a good way to think about it. And don't, uh, also overthink how to do it. it is simply aerobic training. When you're time crunched, use some sub threshold intensity to get you there, ride long when you can get your recovery and carry on in your journey. That's all for today. I hope that uh, the concentrated version of some of these tips and tricks help from uh, from CTS to you. In the upcoming episodes, I'll have uh, some fellow CTS coaches coming on to talk about more about training camps, more about nutrition, and just answering your questions uh, that we get trickled into us from from various forms. So. Again, thanks for listening to the Time Crunch Cyclist podcast and looking forward to uh, sharing more information with you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Time Crunch Cyclist podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Three quick things before you take off. First, head over to trainright.com backslash podcast and submit your training questions you'd like to hear answered on future episodes. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review on Apple podcast and share the episode with your friends. This is the best way that you can help support the podcast so we can continue to produce free content to help you improve your performance. Lastly, if you want even more actionable training advice, head over to trainright.com backslash newsletter and subscribe to our free weekly publication. Each week, you'll get in-depth training content that goes beyond what we cover here on the podcast that'll help you take your training to the next level. That's all for now. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.